to tell It's gonna be a great Noel It's the Advent Calendar House Muffins, Black Man Smurfs And even Garfield's Halloween We're gonna take a trip down memory Welcome back to the Advent Calendar House, sponsored by Pat's Pink Passion Punch, now available with half and half for that extra kick. You know, one of the things I've enjoyed since starting this podcast is discovering old specials that were classics to somebody, but I've never known about before. And today's is one of those. So sober up and please accept our invitation to a journey back to 1979 as we celebrate the season with Pat Boone and family's Christmas special. Ladies and gentlemen, Pat Boone. It's okay to be a kid at Christmas, to believe in love the way we did back then. I am so boring, my coat of arms is two loaves of white bread on a field of oatmeal, Mike Westfall. And joining me is the only one out of 300 people I invited to be on this episode who responded, but don't tell him that. It's Guy Hutchinson. Hey, Guy. Hey, Mike, how are you? I'm doing well. This I am so excited to talk to you again. I look forward to our conversations. I was thinking about this earlier today. If it wasn't for the Internet, you and I wouldn't have met. No. And I would be searching. I would be searching my town, walking around day and night saying, well, someone talk to me for an hour about a Pat Boone Christmas special (laughs) from 40 years ago. And I'd have no yeses. No one would say yes. So because of this, because of the Internet, we're able to do this. I am happy to be that someone for you. And thank you for introducing me to this. Oh, yeah. I I need people listening to understand how long this has been in the works. You had this recommendation ready to go last year after we stopped recording <laughs> yeah. Mr. T and Emmanuel Lewis. We finished that one. And the first thing I did was text you and I texted a couple plot points, which we'll get to. But I was like, and you were like, oh, I'm in. This is perfect. I'm I'm ready to go for this. Immediately sold. So was there any story behind your discovering this? Yes. Um, so I don't remember this uh, from my childhood. I think it may have aired before I was born. Um, and I don't remember ever seeing it re-air. But early in the days of YouTube, I would search for Christmas specials. And there was a clip of this, a very, very short clip. It was maybe 40 seconds. And it was of the opening number, which we'll get to. <laughs> and I saw it and I was like, I need to see this special. I, and I wrote it down. And so I have a list of stuff that I'm always looking for, you know, movies, TV shows, specials, commercials. I remember as a kid. And what I do is whenever I get a chance every few months, I'll just search for each one on YouTube, check on archive.com, every place I can try to find them. And this was on that list. And then I, I guess it was uh, maybe two years ago, right after Christmas. It was like December. It was so unfortunate timing that I searched for it and it was there. It was on YouTube in its entirety. I think it was 10 bucks. I bought it immediately and I watched it and I was, I was, I was in love. It was so different than I thought it would be, but it was so much what I wanted to see. (laughs) Yes. 
This this was very much up a very specific alley of mine. Yeah. <laughs> that uh, and admittedly, I don't know much about Pat Boone. Yeah, I mean, but he's a, he's one of those guys that he's been around forever. He's still working, I believe. I, yeah, I, I heard him not that long ago. I mean, within the past six months on the radio promoting either a concert or an album or something, but wow. they were talking about how he was in his nineties and he told some stories about, I think he opened for Elvis before Elvis was big or Elvis opened for yeah. him, but, but he told some crazy stories. And I was just like, I can't believe Pat Boone's still out there doing his thing. Doing his thing. Well, he's actually 88. I looked that part up because okay. I didn't even know he was still alive. But mm -hmm. I don't remember ever hearing my parents play anything by Pat Boone. I remember my mom playing Debbie Boone. Debbie Boone, of course. Yeah. You light up my life that you couldn't escape that for a while. I so I knew about Pat Boone. I mean, I remember he did like a, a metal album at one yes. point that everybody I knew was like, this is the craziest thing ever. <laughs> this was yeah, late 90s. He did that. It was called In a Metal Mood. No more Mr. Nice Guy. <laughs> and when he was promoting it on talk shows and award shows, he would wear this leather vest yep, over yep. his bare chest. Yep. He had temporary tattoos on and a <laughs> choker collar. He'd be walking out on stage with Alice Cooper and Alice Cooper ever the showman would be all in on it. <laughs> he was something. And the other thing that I knew about him, but did not hit me in until I was watching this was that I remembered jokes about how he had tons of gorgeous daughters and early in this special, they go through them. And it's just like, I mean, it, it feels like 30 daughters he has <laughs> and they're all gorgeous. They are. They absolutely are. Um, and it's those two things seem continue to be kind of running gags throughout this thing. It's mm -hmm. like the whole theme of Pat Boone's Christmas special is that Pat Boone's kind of boring. <laughs> now, one thing that I like about this special and a lot of specials of this particular time period, like the early 70s to the mid 80s, yes. is that the idea behind these specials were that we want everybody in the family to gather around and see this. So we're going to put something on there for the five-year old and we're going to put something <laughs> on there for grandma and we're going to put something on there for the kid that's a teen we're going to put something for everybody so everybody it's like a variety show to some degree this one does have a narrative to it but they're going to throw a bunch of different things at you and this is kind of almost i mean you can absolutely follow this story but this i think is more intended to be on while people are you know in and out of the room watching it together Absolutely. And you can very clearly see those lines where it's like this part's for the kids, this mm -hmm. part's for the yeah. teenagers, and we'll get to them as we go. But uh, let's get right into it. So Pat Boone and his family did a series of these holiday specials for ABC. There, there was a Thanksgiving one, an Easter one. I saw there's it's a springtime special, they called it. That's apparently different from Easter. Yeah, Pat Boone did a lot of these. I mean, you know, at that time period, there was also Andy Williams did a handful of them. Oh, yeah. And Perry Como. And Perry oh, Como course. was even like he was a punchline on ALF when they did their Christmas episode. Yep. That he was going to watch Perry Como's Christmas in Hawaii, which was a real show, which yes, is pretty good. But this, to me, is almost the ultimate of that kind of a show because it it really runs the gamut of just weirdness in, in so many directions. And and it's charming and, and a lot of other things. It's so weird. And it's just a very specific kind of weird. Yeah. So let's get the details. Pat Boone and Family Christmas Special first aired 
probably only aired as far as I know, mm-hmm. December 8th, 1979, a Saturday night at seven o'clock, not quite prime time because I guess Pat had to be in bed before that. <laughs> yeah. And, and this was never put out on VHS because I collected a lot of VHS specials. This came first, you know, to like YouTube and DVD at the same time, because okay. the audience that likes Pat Boone still has DVD players. Sure. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Uh, But if you want to watch this with us, this Christmas special is streaming as of this recording on Tubi. So I hope you can find it there by the time this drops. But let's dive in as we open with Pat leaving a toy store with a full bag of Christmas presents we never see again. Right. And then walks over to a snowy park area as we hear an announcer introduce him. Yep. And he, so this is like a cold open, you know, it just opens and then he puts the bag of toys into the fountain, which he doesn't even look down. Now, granted it's cool. It's clearly cold. And if there was water in there, it's turned to ice, but he doesn't even look in to check like, is it all dirty down there? Is it just full of muck and weirdness? He just sets his bag in there and he's ready to go. Very trusting in that fountain. I'm like, Oh, and maybe that's why we never see it again. But (laughs) And then we get right into our opening number. It's okay to be a kid at Christmas. It's okay to be a kid at Christmas. To believe in love the way we did back then. Let your heart reach out. That's what it's all about. It's okay to be a kid again. Now, he starts off, we've got a bunch of of like almost characters, these people that we see. We see a woman in her exercise gear. Yes. We see a cab driver. We've got a cop. And then we get a, a man in an overcoat who either looks like he's a detective or a pervert. I'm not sure which. <laughs> I have a note. He looks like nearsighted Inspector Clouseau. Yeah, that, I, I get that. I also thought, I, I think his name was Fargo North Dakota uh, from Electric Company. <laughs> yes. Wow. But he's got like, he literally looks like he's wearing Groucho Marx glasses. Like he, he has yeah. the glasses, the nose, the mustache. And he's the best dancer out of this whole group. (laughs) He really gets into it. There's applause as Pat Boone is introduced. Was this taped before a live studio audience? No, it's not. I'll tell you why I know that. If if you watch, he does sort of like a monologue and Mm -hmm. the applause is so canned during that. The laughter, the applause all sounds like, you know, they're just pushing a button. He's, you know, he does like a laugh line and then he, and then there's the applause and laughter. And then it, it mutes immediately. So he can be like, ah, just kidding folks. Yeah. But yeah. No, this, this clearly is canned audience uh, approval. Yeah. But, but for a second, it seemed plausible that it might've been, but then as we went on, I thought, okay, maybe they're, they're piping this in later in post. But this opening number sets the tone for me right out of the gate. It's, like you said, a very much a 1970s musical variety show. This opening number especially reminded me of a lot of another 1979 Christmas special starring John Denver and the Muppets, mm. mm-hmm. which premiered three days before this. Wow. Same channel and everything. Yeah, that is uh, just as a as a side note, before I came on with you, I was listening to my Christmas mix that I have on my playlist on on uh, Amazon mm-hmm. and the the greatest Christmas song, um, Kermit the Frog singing. I think it's called Christmas Wish. I love that song, song. It's such a beautiful song. It is a yeah. song that is way too beautiful to that. The fact that it's sung by a cart, uh, a puppet frog, it just <laughs> makes it you blow your mind that a song could be this beautiful but yeah that's such a wonderful special oh absolutely and 
Speaking of fuzzy characters, to that end, mm, yes. in the middle of this song, while Pat's dancing with this handful of random park goers, yep. he walks over to and knocks on a large tree nearby, which opens a door and out walks Yogi Bear. Yes. Now, now this, this next 45 seconds is the clip I had seen on YouTube. I expected this to be the whole special. It so is did not. I. No. But I still was very pleased with what we get after it. So, and I had to wait, like, you didn't have to wait long. I had to wait like 10 years from seeing that clip to seeing the rest of the special. Wow. (laughs) No, it's a larger than life theme park version of Yogi Bear. Yep. And these are good costumes. We get, we get a whole bunch and almost a random assortment of Hanna-Barbera characters. They're so random. Yeah. We've got Snagglepuss, Huckleberry yep. Hound, Dynomutt, Dog Wonder is in there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hong Kong Fooey. Hong Kong Fooey. One of my favorites. Barney Rubble. Barney Rubble comes out first and then Fred Flintstone comes out behind yeah. Hong Kong Fooey and then yeah. Scooby-Doo's bringing Scooby-Doo. up the rear. Uh, oh. I mean, it's great. And they they dance uh, with him and the, the costumes look great. It's it's super weird. It's super like I mean, this is the kind of thing that, you know, like if, if you were sitting down and you had had, you know, like, uh, you know, grandpa brought out some moonshine in 1977 and you had taken a <laughs> sip of it and you were sitting there on the couch, you'd be like, oh, my God, am I all right? Am I am I out of it? Did I fall asleep? <laughs> yeah, these are theme park quality costumes i i know that there was a hanna-barbera section of king's island out in ohio so i'm wondering if they shipped those in from there or if there was another no i'll tell you i know where they're i i'm almost positive they were from marine land of the pacific oh. which would have been in california and yeah. had these same characters okay and so well there it is but yeah that's all we see of yogi bear and friends despite them being credited in the opening credits that I follow know. It's it is disappointing because they they announce everybody you're going to see and they're like Yogi Bear and friends. And I was like, yes. <laughs> yeah, that tricked me into thinking, oh, they're going to be back. But yeah, nope. I mean, I wish they came back even for the end. I wish they were there at the very end. Oh, but, that would have been great. I mean, that's what they got them for. If you do see the print ad that was in like the um, TV guide, it oh, did, did advertise them. Yes. Pat Boone and family. A Christmas special starring Pat Boone, Shirley Boone, with Cherry, Lindy, Laurie, and Debbie Boone. Well, after the credits, Pat greets us in front of his home. I'm using home in quotes here. It's right. very much a soundstage. Uh, wishes us a Merry Christmas. Tells us he's particularly excited about this year because there's been a new addition to the family. Mm-hmm. No, he's not a new father. He's a new father-in-law. He's talking about his daughter, Debbie's new husband. We will talk more about him a little later. We don't see Debbie's new husband, but... Nope, but we, we do get more information on him a little later. Yes, we do. He's kind of a running gag. Now, to be fair, uh, his her marriage was something that everyone watching you know, would have known about. Oh, yeah? Because she well, because she was a very popular, uh, and she was Pat Boone's daughter, and so this was this was kind of like your uh, Ben Affleck, uh, Jennifer. Uh, okay, who's he married to now? J Lo. Yeah, it's, it was kind of like that. These were this was a celebrity, you know, marriage. Okay, well, for now, let's meet Debbie, who's in the kitchen with her mom, Shirley Boone. Oh, that was such a great lunch, Mom. Oh, thanks, Deb. 
boy, honey, it's just so nice to have you come and visit. Mom, would you quit treating me like a guest? I'm still part of the family. <laughs> and Shirley is no longer with us. She died in 2019. She was 84. Ah. She and Pat were married 66 years at the time of her death. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, this and this is so this is a storyline where, you know, they're they're sitting around talking. There there's some, you know, talk about the the new wedding and that stuff. Yeah, they start talking about the family Christmas party that's still a few days away, maybe even mm-hmm. a week at this point in the story, but Debbie asks her mom if she needs help with any food or anything. Right. And Shirley reveals they're having this year's party catered because Pat has invited 300 people <laughs> to their house for right. this Christmas party. And their their TV house here does not look super spacious that it could accommodate 300 people, but somehow he was planning on squeezing them in. No, it's not. It's, I would say, like houses you'd see in sitcoms later in the 80s were larger than this. Like yeah. the Family Matters house is bigger than this living room. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, that became a thing with sitcoms that they always wanted the living room to be enormous so they sure. could do whatever they needed. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, this is a lot tighter. Oh, yeah. Couch right in the middle. I can't imagine inviting 300 people to anything. <laughs> I didn't invite 300 people to my wedding and definitely not to my house. (laughs) So here Shirley explains Pat invited a lot of, quote, friends of the business, because according to Pat, they often have to work during the holidays. So he thought it would be nice to share his family Christmas party with them. It's a nice thought. And Pat arrives to some disappointing news. Debbie and Shirley broke his Snoopy mug. All right. Yes. We had a little accident, honey. An accident? We broke your Snoopy mug. What? Oh, well, I've got a $5 deductible on it. It's okay. <laughs> it was a quick, I'm upset about this broken Snoopy mug, not because it's broken, but because we never yeah. come back yeah. to it. Yeah. <laughs> but here is where Debbie heads out to go do some shopping. Meanwhile, Pat asks if any of his 300 friends have responded to his invite. Mm. And the first reply arrives with a ring of the doorbell. Yep, this is great. It's a trio of singing telegram delivery men who introduce themselves as the Teletoons, but in reality, they're the Hudson Brothers. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Yes. Hello. Hello. <laughs> who are you? I'm Bill. I'm Hi, we're the Teletoons. <laughs> we deliver message in a song. Guy, this sent us down a deep rabbit hole. <laughs> so I looked them up. Now I'd seen this the first time. I did no research. I just watched it. I enjoyed it. Uh, I I've even watched it twice before I watched it for this. But for this, I said, "Well, let me let me find out who these Hudson brothers were." And so I looked them up. There, they had a a show that was on the air, and this linked me to a video that I sent you. And boy, this was something. You sent me a clip. Your clip was from a recent episode of Family Guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where they just tossed to an actual clip of the opening to the Hudson Brothers Razzle Dazzle Show. It's the Hudson Brothers Razzle Dazzle Show. Starring Bill, Mark, and Brett, the Hudson Brothers. And it's just so crazy. I cannot, I I cannot recommend enough that everybody go out and seek this out. I believe now somebody has uploaded an actual episode of the show, but believe me, you get more than enough Hudson brothers, you know, show from this family guy clip just from the opening. 
It's the best cutaway gag I have ever seen on <laughs> Family Guy. And they're known for cutaway gags. Yeah, they didn't have to write anything. It's just <laughs> you you guys have to look at this right now. So the Hudson brothers were a band together, and then they starred in this comedy variety show in 1974. And the opening credits to this thing feature the brothers and some other regular cast members <laughs> riding a conveyor belt into the back of a very colorful van. Yeah. Among the cast is a young Peter Cullen mm -hmm. in the flesh, the future <laughs> voice of Optimus Prime himself. Correct. Yep. Also among the cast, just right in the middle of these credits, is someone in a bear costume credited as the bear. The bear. Yeah, yeah they, don't, they don't. And they play it as if it's just as normal as anything else. They never explain it. And the bear rides in. And they're all riding into this. It's yes. like they're riding into a little tiny van, you know, dozens of people. It's a clown car van. Yes. Oh, uh, we could talk all night about this Hudson Brothers show. Uh, it's we cannot do enough justice to it, though. This no. to me, if you watch this, I, I mean, if I didn't know better, if I just tuned into Family Guy, I would have been like, well, this is a gag. They filmed this. They, you know, right. did a great job making it look like the right film stock and the right, you know, the right haircuts and everything else looks perfect. But there's no way that anything this stupid ever appeared on television. But it's real. It's absolutely real. Sadly, there does not appear to have been a Christmas episode. Oh, if there was, I'm telling you. It, oh, it, absolutely. I would cancel all my plans. Oh, it'd have to be your swan song. It would have to be the last episode you ever did. <laughs> oh, oh, you know, I wish. <laughs> you need a big closer. You know? I do like, need a big closer. I have some ideas. Yeah, like 40 years from now, you're like, I've done every single Christmas special ever made, and now it's time. The razzle-dazzle Hudson Brothers. Oh. Oh, the bear is Santa Claus. I can't. I mean, I can't, it writes itself. <laughs> really? But here they are. Bill, Mark and Brett Hudson. Bill, notably at this point, was married to Goldie Hawn. Oh, oh, wow. That's Kate Hudson. He's the father of Kate Hudson. Wow. I didn't put that together. OK, that's awesome. And Kate Hudson was born a few months before they recorded this special. Get out. Yes. All right. Uh, Brett Hudson is now a TV and film producer. Mm -hmm. Most notable thing I saw in his IMDb list was a documentary called The Seventh Python about Neil Innes, who worked with Monty Python. Oh, oh, wow. Neil Innes was something else. Yes. Oh, wow. Uh, and Mark Hudson, he's the one with the beard, later became a frequent collaborator with Ringo Starr and with Aerosmith. Hmm. He, he co-wrote Living on the Edge. Wow. I got to tell you, Neil Innes, I, I brought my son to meet him when my son was a baby because Neil oh, wow. Innes was doing a show at a at a public library, but a big one that was, you know, like 40 minutes from my house. Okay. And I said, you know, the, you're the first celebrity he's ever met. And he's he looks at my son and just like with the saddest expression, he's like, it's all downhill from here. You'll never. <laughs> <laughs> he was just a brilliant, very funny man. <laughs> but here are the Hudson brothers. They're playing the Teletoons, who have come to deliver Pat a singing telegram. But first, they need to see some ID. Yes. And Pat's idea of ID <laughs> is singing a few bars of his classic song, April of. Let's see some ID. ID? This is my house. You just walked in here. I'll give you some ID. April of. Aha! I knew he wasn't Pat Boone. He's April Love. Boone. Boone. <laughs> and this is this stuff is it's a real like um 
uh, almost like Abbott and Costello kind yeah. of comedy where it's real quick and it's real funny. This stuff is, is, is genuinely very good. And it feels like this was a lot of times with specials like this. And even at other points of the special, it feels like this is a one take thing. We got to get through this, <laughs> but this segment feels like they rehearsed this. They worked this out. The timing is really good. They had to have, they even brought Shirley in. He, uh, Pat asked, can you tell these guys who I am? And she asked, <laughs> did you forget again? <laughs> Uh, Shirley then confirms he is indeed Pat Boone, to which Brett replies, It is him, Pat Boone, idol of dozen. (laughs) That might be my favorite insult in this whole special. (laughs) The special is full of Pat Boone insults, too, which is so great. They are. He is a very good sport about all of this, but I guess, I mean, thinking back to that that metal album he did, it it all clicks. Uh, So they bring Pat and Shirley into their own living room along with a whole orchestra that's been waiting outside Mm -hmm. to perform this singing telegram that's from Frank Sinatra. Yes. Well, Pat's eyes light up and he even calls in his daughters to hear it as well. (laughs) And we are treated to the Hudson Brothers singing Frank Sinatra's reply to Pat Boone's invitation to the tune of a classical song everyone knows, but few know the name of. Y'all probably just call it Figaro. It's the Figaro song. <laughs> Here is a telegram specially for Pat Boone. It's by Giochino Rossini. Its actual title is Largo al Factotum, which means make way for the factotum. Very good. Now, here's the thing. You probably mispronounced all of that wrong, oh, but yeah. no one listening to this would know any better. Nope. Like, like there, there is not a lot of crossover. No, but Figaro is the titular barber of Seville, and he sings this song about how awesome he is, like a wrestler who sings his own entrance theme. That's what that song is. Very nice. Uh, But here's the Hudson Brothers version, or Frank Sinatra's, maybe? It's not clear who wrote the singing telegram. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm sure old Blue Eyes sat up and wrote this for Sure, yeah. (laughs) It's about a minute and 45 seconds before they finish with the answers, no. Yes. And with that, the Hudsons and their orchestra file out of there. Yeah, yeah. No, this was this is a great number. I'm I'm so glad we went through it because this uh, one of the highlights of your. I mean, I really feel like there's so many more highlights to come. But again, so if you're going to watch this, this is a great part. Oh yeah, this is one. If you're fast forwarding through this, stop and watch yeah. this part. It's worth. Yeah, it. don't slow down for this. <laughs> There are some fast forward moments, which we're going to get to soon. There are. uh, And Pat's disappointed, but Shirley comforts him saying they still have 299 people left to hear back from. It'll be okay. And here's where I first noticed there's a chalkboard full of names in the back of Mm -hmm. Pat's living room. I took great note of this and I have some, some points to one particular point to mention in a little bit but yes i i sat there and looked at all the names and a lot of them you do hear later in the show yes and then i have a it's not 300 names on this chalkboard but there's a lot of them though yeah and some good ones on there there are like i the list i have of names that they don't call back to Mm -hmm. are people like dean martin and barbara streisand and johnny carson kermit the frogs on there yes he's on there henry and jane fonda Julia Child, John Denver, the Los Angeles Lakers, just all of them. (laughs) Just all of them, the whole group. Someone wrote Judge Crater as a weird joke. Oh, 
Yeah, that I don't I don't get. Well, New York State Supreme Court justice oh. in 1930 mysteriously disappeared. Oh. Which led to the expression to pull a judge crater means to mysteriously disappear. Okay. All right. Uh there's a name near the bottom that says Ayatollah Weintraub. That's not <laughs> I looked that up. That's nothing. <laughs> Uh, the last name on the list is Claire Zero. I don't know what that means either. I mean, one of the important things to remember is you're seeing this so much clearer than anybody could see it because older televisions had they didn't have the same qualities oh, as the yeah. televisions today. And like I took a tour in the early 2000s of the set of ER. And one of the things they were talking about was as they were starting to get more clear televisions and and moving towards a high definition they had to take things away that they said we used to write on the board you know with in the background in er they said we would write dirty jokes and stuff up there <laughs> and they said we we had to erase a lot of that and it has to be real stuff because now people can see the background they can record you know and nowadays i mean with this you we could see that pretty clear and we could pause it all day long oh sure yeah and and we did clearly. Uh, <laughs> yes. And Sinatra's name was the first name on that chalkboard. That would have been mm -hmm. Pat Boone's biggest get for this party. Yeah. So no wonder he's disappointed. Of course. Well, now we cut back to the park. It's nighttime now. And here is where Debbie Boone sings, I'll never say goodbye. Say goodbye. Why I can barely say. Ooh, Debbie sings for a long time, and it's not she like does. a Christmas standard. It's nothing to, it. it's a long song, and there's, it's one of those where they just keep doing, like, they're changing angles so they have some movement involved, you know. There's, you know, zoom in and zoom out. Uh, this is... If if you're watching this and you're like ah this is this is tough, you just you just hit the fast forward here. You're not gonna miss anything. Yeah, it's not a Christmas song at all. It's actually the theme from the movie The Promise from earlier yeah. in that year. Wow! Uh, and Debbie recorded a cover of this song earlier in '79. And now we can talk about her new husband. It's Gabriel Ferrer, and this song was performed at their wedding ah. by Gabriel's mother. Rosemary Clooney. Ah, yes, indeed. Who we will hear from a little later on. We yes. will. Her name's on that chalkboard. A very, very famous entertainer. She also, I believe she's what, the aunt of George Clooney? Yes. Um, but she's a, she was a, an absolute household name, a legendary musician at this time period. Uh, and so that's why I'm saying this was a celebrity couple. Yes, Absolutely. Well, and uh, his father is Jose Ferrer. Yes. So, I mean, this is this guy's a Kardashian. And I yeah. believe uh, I believe he's they're still married. I believe him and Debbie are still married. Yes. Still married. Yeah. So they're still they're still working it. Yep. I think that's great. It really is. Yeah. It'll be great if they split up right before this, oh, this no. show comes out. <laughs> like tomorrow. They just. <laughs> They call it quits. I don't know. They, they, from what I've <laughs> seen, from what I've seen doing research for this one, that those Boone daughters stand by their men. <laughs> uh, well, we come back from commercial after this as Pat answers the phone. It's Gavin McLeod. Look, I want to thank you for the invitation. I just got it. I really appreciate it. But um, as you know, Love Boat's on hiatus for a while. And well, Patty and I are going to take a real cruise. So we won't be back till the 17th. 
Oh, hey, that's okay. The party's on the 18th. Yes. Now, this is interesting because when they show his name on the chalkboard, he was added after the last scene over top of Mr. Whipple. So Mr. (laughs) Whipple had been erased from the board and Gavin McLeod was added. Now, this and, and I'm sure you have some notes on the scene, but this scene is very short. And my guess is that they were like, hey, we're able to get Gavin McLeod. Let's erase somebody, put Gavin McLeod's name on there and throw him in the show. Oh, I didn't even think of that. I thought it was just, well, they recorded it out of order and they didn't bother to keep the chalkboard accurate. So that's I mean, just, that could be it's probably I, I a think, little of both. Uh, yeah, I think Gavin, you know, stumbled by the set, was saying hi to Pat. and They were like, hey, stand over in this corner and we'll yeah, shoot this. Eric, can we shoot this? Captain <laughs> Steubing himself, along with his real life wife, Patty. Mm-hmm. And they're doing the awkward TV thing where they're holding up the phone receiver in between <laughs> yes. each other so they can both hear Pat, I guess. Yeah, nobody today can can uh, know what that's like. But when nope. you used to have big old honking phones in your house yeah. and you didn't have a second extension because the second extension in the house, that thing didn't come around until almost the 90s. You know, houses had one phone. And yeah. so you had to go to the usually the kitchen to talk on the phone. And so if you know if you were talking to a family member from out of town, everybody would stick their ears as close together and try to listen. That's right. No speaker phones. No, no, no FaceTime. I didn't have a speaker phone until the 90s. And even then it was like this big tan box. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the love boat captain has called to tell Pat they can't make his party because they're going on an actual cruise and won't be back until the 17th. But right. hey, lucky for Pat, his party's on the 18th. <laughs> and that's when Patty chimes in. Oh, well, another day at sea won't kill us. Click. <laughs> Uh, You know, what's interesting about the love boat is they actually would go on a cruise to film those episodes. So they would film portions of it on a soundstage. But a lot of that show was filmed at sea. Oh, wow. I didn't realize. Yeah. I mean, that was part of how they got all those guest stars. That's why every episode had 10 amazing guest stars, because the deal was, hey, you get to go on a free cruise. Sure. I'll go on a cruise. Yeah. They got to bring that back. I know. They actually, the the original Love Boat uh, went on its last sailing, I want to say like 2006, 2007 or so. Wow. I would have never guessed that recent. Oh, yeah. So the, the, the ship was owned by the Princess Cruise Line. Then they sold it to another uh, another you know line. And they, they sailed with it for a long time because it was the love boat. It was the ship. And so people wanted to go on it. And then eventually it, it had to be scrapped. So um, they finally put it away. But they did like a, a special thing where, you know, uh, it was the last cruise on the love boat. And a lot of people went. I think, you know, some of the cast members were on it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, the love boat, the love boat, by the way, if you're a younger person, you've never seen it. I really recommend it. When I was a kid, I always thought it was like a really serious show. And <laughs> I've now watched it as an adult. It's hysterical. And there are some Christmas episodes. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm putting that on my list. Including one where Mickey Rooney plays an angel that lives on top of a tree. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> okay. That is now on the list. <laughs> Stay tuned. I should note here, Pat just said his party's on the 18th. Later, he says it's on a Friday night. December 18th, 1979 was a Tuesday. 
Let, let me just say there is no other podcaster that would do that research. <laughs> this is this is such a testament to you. Thank you. This is what you come here for, folks. Uh, but now in walks Pat's eldest daughter, Cherry. More ejections. How many? Daddy. I'm a grown man, Cherry. I can take it. How many? 42 more people turned us down. Will you excuse me just a minute? Oh. Well, at least they're prompt. <laughs> Well, that's got Pat bummed out, so he tells Shirley he's going to go down to the milk bar to unwind. (laughs) Yes. Meanwhile, we cut to a very different scene. We now see backstage on the set of a whole different show, The Ropers, in the dressing room of Mr. Roper himself, Norman Fell. Just love Christmas cards. Even this one I got from the post office. We've enjoyed serving you this past year and look forward to serving you again. In 1977. Now, this is very strange. So to start off with Norman Fells talking to himself in the beginning of the sequence, no one else is there. But Audrey Lindley uh, is is in this with Norman Fell and they are playing themselves in name, but they're playing in character. The Ropers, they are clearly playing a married couple that acts exactly like the Ropers, but have their given human name. Right? It's it's weird. I mean, it is like for, for those of you that watch wrestling, this is like if all of a sudden, you know, a wrestler comes out, starts calling himself by the real name, talking about his real. You're like, what's going on with you? You know, this is. They're breaking K-Pay right here in the middle of this special. <laughs> Norman Fell notably was Jewish, but he's either breaking the fourth wall here yeah. or just talking to himself about how much he loved Christmas cards. Yeah. Well, who doesn't? Right. And Audrey sent him a great one. Yes. He thanks her for the lovely card, which included $2. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. Don't feel bad. Two dollars is two dollars. You give what you can. No, no, I mean, I I sent you my nephew's card and I sent him a subscription to Playboy. And he's only 11. Lucky kid. Whoops. <laughs> and his his reaction, this is such Norman Fell was was the best at, at like the the facial response, not having to say a word and yeah. get a laugh. And this is a good example of that. Yeah, just lucky boy. <laughs> yes. That's a weird gift for a coworker. Uh, you know, yeah, but I mean, that's why we all wish we had Audrey Lindley as a coworker. I guess so. I mean, this is a different era for sure. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but the reason Audrey Lindley stopped by was to ask Norman what he's wearing to the Boone's Christmas party. And he quickly replies, I'm not going to that thing. <laughs> Audrey insists it'll be fun, but that's Norman's cue to go into this tight 30 seconds on how boring Pat Boone is. Yeah, it's pretty good, too. Fun party with Pat Boone. <laughs> May I remind you, Audrey? That in the last Olympics, he took the gold medal for boring. Okay, forget it. His coat of arms is two loaves of white bread on a field of oatmeal. <laughs> he had a flag that would be gray. I guess not. His birthstone is lint. Stop. His idol is Captain Kangaroo. But that sets something off in Audra. She is sick and tired of people making fun of Pat Boone just because he's nice. <laughs> okay, that's an interesting hill to die on. <laughs> 
Yeah, she's the one Pat Boone defender in this. Pat Boone is not a Pat Boone defender in this program. No. He's got Audrey standing up for him. The Ropers, uh, by the way, was a spinoff um, that they wrote them into. Right. And it was it's a decent show if you ever get a chance to pull up an episode. But one of the interesting things about it was they they pulled them from that show because the show, Three's Company, was so successful mm -hmm. and they were so popular. People wanted more. So kind of like they did with Flo on the TV series, Alice, they pulled them apart, gave them a spinoff. And the idea was, hey... If your show doesn't do well, you can come back on the real show. But then <laughs> they brought in Don Knotts. He was so popular. They didn't want to bring them back. So they they put they kept the Ropers on the air longer than it should have been just so they could meet their contractual obligations to not bring them back. And it's a, it. I love Three's Company. And it is such a toss up between uh, Don Knotts and, and Norman and Audrey. Yeah, I could go either way. Yeah, really, really. Uh, it's almost like on Cheers with Coach and Woody, where you have yeah. two very solid, you know, and it's like, ooh, which one do I like better? I don't know. I like them all. Don't make me choose. Yeah. But now Audrey starts listing off names of other people invited to Pat Boone's party, and it's the combination of Cheryl Ladd and Cheryl Teagues yeah. that convinces <laughs> Mr. I want a Playboy subscription for Christmas to go. He's like, hmm. <laughs> Little eyebrows go up. And, right. Yes, he's ready. He's ready to go there for this. We then cut to the milk bar, a quaint yes. little cafe called The Milky Way. Where Joey behind the bar gives Mr. Boone a very enthusiastic greeting. Mr. Boone! Hey, oh, boy. Joey. And Joey the bartender is played by Perry Lang. I know Perry Lang as one of the infamous Black Sox in the movie Eight Men Out. Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah. He's like the third baseman in there. Yeah, I mean he's he is a a very familiar face if you watched a lot of stuff for, for I mean he I believe he's still working like as a director or Looks a like producer it. or something but he's one of those people that had a very long career as a as a character actor and a lot of TV stuff. So like if you look at him you're like, "Ah, he looks very familiar." He he reminds me of a young Gary Marshall, but Gary Marshall would have been way older for this part at this point. But that's for some reason, that's what was hitting me with this. Yeah, I can see it. It was like it, he reminds me of if imagine Thomas F. Wilson doing an impression of Gary Marshall. And yeah. here you are. Yeah, that is it. I mean, he really looks like Biff and acts like Gary Marshall. It is uh, it is definitely that. Yeah. Uh, here he's Joey, the awkward milk bartender who answers the phone and it turns out it's for Pat. Yeah. yeah well, who else goes to the milk bar? I guess I mean, that's it. The milk bar has to be, they're bleeding money every month. Just hoping Pat will leave a big tip every time. <laughs> yeah. He's the only one in there. He's got to be keeping that place in business. Right. And what random guest star could be calling Pat Boone of the Milk Bar? Oh, yes. It's Tom Bosley. You know, every day I have lunch at the Paramount Commissary with all the stars there. You know, yeah. Henry Winkler, Robin Williams, Ronnie Howard, Penny Marshall, the whole crowd. I know. And today I couldn't believe it. They were all talking about your Christmas party. Really? That's right. None of us are coming. <laughs> 
the great Tom Bosley. I am a huge fan of Tom Bosley. Uh, this is another one where, I mean, it, he appears to be on a soundstage that they just threw a, a telephone on a, on a table in front of him. It's, it's complete blackness behind him. Yeah. The lights are off behind him. Yeah. And, and again, I mean, these are, these are cameos that are built at the beginning of the show and then are, are seconds long. Yep. Uh, last time we talked about Tom Bosley on this podcast, he was in The Stingiest Man in Town as beloved oh. Christmas Carol narrator H. Humbug. Yeah, he was. I mean, Tom Bosley, everybody knows him from Happy Days. Sure. Um, but he was he was just a character actor that he did a lot of stage work, very talented and appeared in a lot of stuff. I mean, he was just like one of those faces that when you saw him in the ensemble of a movie, you were like, oh, this is going to be a fun time. Oh, yeah. Here he's calling on behalf of fellow Happy Days and Happy Days adjacent actors Henry Winkler, Ron Howard, Robin Williams, and Penny Marshall, he names. Yeah. All names on that chalkboard, I might add. Right. To tell Pat none of them are going to his party, and he hangs up. Now, sadly, if they had gone, like, if, for example, the Norman Fell and Audrey Lindley couldn't do it, they probably would have gotten Tom Bosley and one other person, like Mrs. C, and they would have done the exact same routine. Oh, you know, they would it, have. But, uh, oh, yeah. So, and that's, unfortunately, the last we're going to see of Tom Bosley. Yeah. And now Pat's upset all over again. So he asks Joey to leave the bottle of milk. <laughs> That's right. He needs he needs a hard a hard glass of milk. Sure does. Uh, but at Shirley's suggestion earlier, Pat invites Joey to his party. Hmm. And Joey is honored, but he's got to check his schedule. <laughs> and unfortunately, he's got a busy night of watching Star Trek Gilligan's Island and Wild Kingdom. Can't miss those. I got to say, that's a pretty good night. It is a good night. And this is in the early days of the VCR. So not everybody had one. Yes, because these are uh, by this point, these are older shows. Sure. I say that. And any kids listening to this be like, what's a VCR? Yeah, it was. The VCR was a revolution, though. I mean, people cannot like I was trying to explain this to my son uh, the other day when we were kids, you and I. Um, if a show was on television and you watched it, you could go to school and find a third of the class had seen it. Yeah. You know, whereas today, if you watch something at home, you go tell the kids at school, they've never heard of it. And so they go watch it the next day and nobody can talk about anything together. Nope. This is why spoiler culture is the thing, because not everybody's on the same schedule anymore. Yeah. I mean, but that was, I mean, this was, there was a time period like today you can be the star of the biggest show on Netflix and you can probably go to a small town, walk into a restaurant. No one will recognize you. You could sit down, eat a meal at this point in time. Norman fell. Couldn't set foot in a restaurant without everyone buying him a drink. Yeah, really? Well, and the top things off for Pat in walks a mailman looking for him with even more rejected invitations. Mm-hmm. Dear Pat, sorry I can't come to your Christmas party. Thanks, Perry Como. <laughs> Some of them don't even say thanks. <laughs> You've been reading my mail? Oh, no, no, you see, I couldn't help it. I see, the envelopes are so thin, the paper, you know, it's easy to see, right? And there's postcards, that's, you know. <laughs> and this mailman's got a familiar voice, and then I realized, oh, it's Marty Ingalls. That's right, and he has been uh, featured on this show. Yes, he was the voice of Pac-Man. Mm hmm. 
this uh, he was a very funny man uh interesting voices uh and he was in a time period where i always confused him with marty allen who yeah. was who was another comedian of that era but he was it, marty angles was great and he's this is a small part but he he really steals this moment he does. He he dumps an entire bag's worth of rejection replies mm-hmm. on a table, including replies from Perry Como and Milton Berle. Oh, yes. And that's the last we hear of those two. Well, Pat goes to pay Joey, who tells him during the Christmas season it's on the house. Ah, very nice. But tips aren't. <laughs> and, and Pat tips well. And next, we get Cherry, Lindy Boone, and Laurie Boone, along with the Hudson Brothers are back, performing their rendition of We Are Family. Yeah, kind of weird. Kind of weird. At the time, this was a new song. Ah. Was released in April 1979. This version might be one of the final nails in Disco's coffin. I wish they had sung They Are Family and they each pointed at each other. Like, <laughs> like the Boons pointed at the Hudsons and they were all... Because it is weird. They're yeah. not all family together. No, none of them the are married to each is, other. Yeah. They're not. No. It's a fine performance. Interesting stage. It reminds me of inside the Spaceship Earth ride at Epcot when you're in the very top and you're starting to make your way down while you look at your future on the monitor. You know, there are a few people that would know what you're talking about, but you're talking to one that that absolutely clicks with me. I knew you would understand. (laughs) And the Hudson brothers are wearing these pink and red satin suits. It's a look. Mm -hmm. Again, not a Christmas song, but one of the backdrops at the very end of this number does end up looking like a series of triangles shaped like a Christmas tree. Yeah. But again, I mean, like the idea here is you want to entertain everybody. So you're mentioning that this was a popular song at that time. That makes sense. You know, you got a teenager in the house. He's like, oh, I like this song. Okay, I'll listen to this version. Yes. We'll return after these messages. When the tree needs decking out, we use the car that carries cloud. When my Christmas cash starts running out, I don't panic because I've got clout. When the Yuletide spirit gets to me, I use my C-L-O-U-T Master Charge. The number one card in the world. When you carry Master Charge, you carry clout. Merry Christmas. (laughs) And we come back to a clip of Pat on Dinah Shore's talk show, Dinah and Friends. Are you having a lot of people? Oh, yeah, I think so a lot, yeah. <laughs> well, I tell you, when all of them have left, why don't you just come on by, you know? We'll... Well, will, will you still be going at nine? <laughs> nine? Well, I don't know. They, they may have left by then, but you come on by anyway. Excuse so... me for buttoning in like this. No, no, I'm just so glad. <laughs> Yeah. Now this is not introduced. So this is at least for me, I didn't know immediately who this was. And it took me a moment to be like, okay, and why is he there? And what's going on? Cause she's like talking to the crowd. She's like, Oh, you know, they, they had these drums and they were playing these drums and and all of a sudden Pat wanders in ruins her story, ruins her show, to be honest. I mean, all we hear about is how nice he is. He's kind of a jerk here. (laughs) Just walks up to her, interrupting her monologue on her own show to invite her to his Christmas party. They're nice and awkward about it. Cute bit. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, wouldn't you know it? I'm having a party the same night. And you know what? This is cheating. This is not Dinosaur making a cameo on Pat Boone's Christmas special. This is Pat Boone making a cameo on Dinah and Friends and sneaking it into his Christmas special as an advertised Dinosaur cameo. It, it, is that is that true? Do you believe that that's what happened? Yeah, this is clearly an episode of her talk show. It's clearly on her show, and I'm assuming yeah. he had been a guest on her show. I'm wondering if this, I looked and I couldn't find anything, but I'm wondering if this exists from the other perspective. Like oh. this crossover, you know, was part of the episode of, you know, that she was shooting. Oh, I assumed it was. Yeah, I think you I think you're probably right cuz the way it's shot, the way it's shown is is different than everything else in the show. Yeah, it looks like they just a clip from an like previously on Dinah and Friends. By the way, she is wearing a belt buckle in this scene. When you go back and watch it again, this is a belt buckle that like Hulk Hogan would be proud to sport. <laughs> this is she's wearing quite a belt buckle. <laughs> yes. Apropos of nothing. I I have nothing else to say about it. I'm just I'm just pointing it out. Dinosaur's belt buckle. That's now in the show notes. And that also is is the name of my band. We're going to be. We're Dinosaur's belt buckle. <laughs> well, we cut back to the Boone residence and we're in the kitchen again with Shirley and now uh. Laurie, the youngest Boone daughter, who's upset because she just broke up with her boyfriend, leaving her dateless for the family party. Mom, it's just not that easy to find Mr. Perfect. Laurie. Honey, I got news for you. Your daddy wasn't always a 10. What? <laughs> Honey, no man's perfect in the beginning. It's like buying a house, no matter how beautiful it is. Every wife wants to do her own remodeling. <laughs> and we go into a duet of that beloved holiday classic, Marry the Man Today from Guys and Dolls. Marry the man today. You're kidding. Trouble though he may be. And he would be. Much as he likes to play. He does. Crazy and wild and free. Marry the man today. <laughs> yeah. Again, I mean, these songs, this is part of the reason why this was not a perennial Christmas favorite, because these songs are so weird. Yeah, this, this lack of Christmas music is not a complaint, I promise. It's just not what I expected from a Pat Boone Christmas special, right. but... I really should have remembered it's a 70s variety special first and foremost. But spoiler alert, Laurie did not marry the man today, or from what I can tell ever, the man she broke up with, as according to this script, is named Michael here, but Laurie would go on to marry Christian singer Harry Browning. So different guy altogether. This, again, is a fine performance by mom and daughter, but my favorite part is near the beginning where Laurie randomly juggles three apples. Yes, yes. Well, I guess she knew how to do that, and they were like, well, we got to throw that Got to throw it in somewhere. And speaking of marriages to men, the phone rings again, and it's the mm-hmm. aforementioned Rosemary Clooney. Here she is. Debbie's mother-in-law as of that year who gently rejects Pat's invitation with a song. I'm beginning to work a lot at Christmas. Business before pleasure, huh? And I could use the dough. Well, I really am glad to hear it. And I'll be there in spirit. Merry Merry Christmas Christmas and a ho, ho, ho. Yep, and she has to work on Christmas because she's got to pay the bills and she's got to sing. That's right. Which makes sense. I mean... 
it it you feel like there's few things you'd want to do than you know like go to some casino and see rosemary clooney on stage on christmas day it's it's what santa would have wanted that's right so there's a christmas song and here comes another we come back from another break with pat's rendition of i'm dreaming of a white christmas Pat belts this one out, baby. He does. He whistles in the middle. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this is a good number. This is this is the number that I would not skip. By the way, no, this is what yeah. you come to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is the main event. That's why we're we're getting towards the end, and this is it. This is like you know, this is what everybody's waiting for. Everybody rushes in. Mom, you know, puts the food on the stove off to the side. <laughs> Everybody runs in to check this out. That's right. In front of his dimly lit tree and even more dimly lit living room, it's a nice little ambiance going on here. And after this, we cut to the night of the party. Whether it's Friday or the 18th, we'll never know. But. Norman Fell and Audra Lindley have arrived at the Boone's front door, and Norman needs to get a few last-minute Pat Boone sucks jokes out of his system before <laughs> yes. they ring the doorbell. Yes, he does. He's so boring that his pool's in the shape of a yawn. <laughs> All right, a promise is a promise. Now just get it through your head. Pat Boone is not boring. I've got to say, Audra is not convincing me as she tells Norman to get it into his head. Pat? Boone is not boring. <laughs> it's almost, it almost has the opposite effect. It, <laughs> it enforces our belief that Pat, but for those of you watching that are like, I've never heard of Pat Boone. All you know now is that he is indeed boring. Well, and to that end, they ring the doorbell. Pat says hello. And Norman immediately falls asleep. <laughs> That's a great bit. No, they come in, Pat takes their coats, and Norman and Audra stop dead in their tracks to find an empty living room with an untouched spread of food. They're the first ones here. (laughs) We get a few jokes about some small trophies Pat has on display, including one for water waiting, (laughs) one for singles tennis, which would have been bigger if Pat had played against someone. (laughs) Now Shirley joins them, and they all take a drink from a punch bowl of Pat's Pink Passion, <laughs> which is a little stronger this year than in Christmas's past, because this time he added half and half to the milk. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah, of course, there's no liquor in this punch. No. Uh, soon they are joined by the final boon daughter, Lindy. Daddy, while you were out, Don Rickles called. Oh, what did he say? He said he can't come to the party. He said he had to take his snake to the dentist. Probably had an impacted fang. (laughs) And Shirley tells us that's rejection number 298, meaning Mm. Audrey Lindley and Norman Fell are the only two out of 300 to show up to this party. They are it. And now Norman's disappointed because Cheryl Ladd and Cheryl Teagues aren't coming. Or Jackie Bissett. (laughs) 
<laughs> which who wouldn't be disappointed right. about seeing that in that year? Uh, Mike, let me ask, have you ever had an experience where you went to a party that was poorly attended? And because I did, I did. have. Did you? Experience. I can't say that I have that I can remember. So I this is a memory that didn't click with me until years after it happened. But I went to a birthday party of a kid in my grade school who wasn't very popular and I wasn't friendly with him. But we both were in the same class. It was a pretty big class. And I went to his birthday party and I was the only kid that went there. Oh, wow. And here's the crazy thing. At the time, it didn't I didn't notice that this was a bad thing. I was like, this is awesome. I remember his mom being grumpy, but like me and the kid, we were like, this is great. We get to eat the whole cake. The two of us, <laughs> we get to play all the games. We get to do whatever we want. This is perfect. So we had a really fun time and we became friends after that. But oh, I that do remember, remember it was him, his mom and the dog. And that was, and that's it. It. It was me, him and the, and, and, but we had a good time. You're and good. And, if he is listening, Mike, uh, he is also Mike. He's okay. Not yeah. Oh my God. What if he was, uh, <laughs> but if he is listening out there, you know, I had a good time. We should do it again sometime. See if the, if the dog's still around, maybe we can get together. <laughs> Probably and have some not, but oh, I'm so glad that had a happy ending. But Norman tries to leave asking for his dinner to go. And this is when Audra stands up and says, you don't have to get this man. Anything <laughs> tells Norman to sit down. And now we get some dramatic music playing for a big monologue. It's like you get like the snare drum in the background. It's like a patent monologue. 298 people are that much poorer this night for not knowing the warmth and cheer of Pat Boone and his family. And I'm just so sorry I can't stay myself. Yes. I mean, I jumped off my couch at this moment and I, I pledged allegiance to the flag. Right. I downed a glass of milk. I, I made sure my <laughs> shirt was buttoned up to the top. I, I was all in. And then she ends it with, and I'm just sorry I can't stay myself. <laughs> Leaving Norman there by himself. That was cold. That's a great gag. That was a great gag. And just kidding. She didn't leave. She brings out the Boone daughters. And wait, the Hudson brothers are still here. Well, now we have a party. Yeah, they're, it's, it, they're themselves this time. And we end with a Christmas medley. And truthfully, this is about how many people you need at your Christmas party. Oh, not yeah. 300. No, no, this is a good size. We start our Christmas medley with the girls on the stairs singing what I think now is a pretty obscure traditional Christmas song. It's called We'll Dress the House with Holly Bright. We'll dress the house with holly bright and sprigs of mistletoe. We'll trim the Christmas tree tonight and set the lights aglow. Followed by Christmas is a coming, a.k.a. May God Bless You, which was a lesser known Bing Crosby holiday single. A turkey leg for poor old 
me. If you haven't got a turkey leg, a turkey wing will do. If you haven't got a turkey wing, may God bless you. These are not the songs that you see like synchronized to lights with the house in your neighborhood that has no. too many lights. They don't use these. We need to bring these back. Yeah, let's bring some of them back. Let's hear some yeah, covers. Some, of them. I mean, people are sick of some of the other ones. People are like, oh, Christmas music starting too early. That's because we're playing too few songs. There's more to play. Right. They mix in some popular ones. Silver Bells is next. The girl sing the Carol of the Bells after that. With the Hudsons just sitting by the fireplace, very casually. Silver Bells is great. It's Christmas time in the city. I love Silver Bells. That's a good song. Uh, Pat and Debbie do a duet of the Christmas Waltz. Candles gleaming inside, painted candy canes on the tree. Santa's on his way, he's filled his sleigh with thee. Oh, the girls sing a really nice verse of O Little Town of Bethlehem. Little Town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee beautiful and i mean of course this is the most musically talented uh television family doing a special at this time next to the osmonds yeah absolutely they're probably the the other the other family doing this sure and and the boone daughters had at least one album probably more but they were together as a group they were just billed as the boons yeah and this was this was kind of a Jackson Five kind of scenario yes. where you had one member that just was more famous than everybody else. <laughs> yep. And everyone finishes with a verse of joy to the world, including Norman and Audra now singing with them. Awkwardly, the Hudsons here are paired up with three of the four Boone daughters. <laughs> It's kind of weird, right? It's kind of like, what's going on here now? Yeah, at first I forgot. I was just like, oh, wait, are there husbands here now? Wait, no, it's still the Hudson brothers. Yeah, why aren't there husbands? Their husbands either weren't invited. No, where are they? What's going on? I mean, one of them we know broke up. Uh, yeah. Are the rest of them, they're all single? Is that what's going on? And for some reason, Debbie's husband doesn't show up. What's going on here? No, Laurie's the only one who's single. The other three are married, and Laurie's sitting there with Mark Hudson. Cherry's the one by herself. She's the oldest. She's on the couch like a good spouse. (laughs) And that's it. Then at the end, everyone else is kind of gathered in the background, pretending to mumble conversation with each other as Pat thanks everyone for watching and allowing his family to share their Christmas with us. And we hear carolers outside. They're singing Silent Night. Pat opens the door and then leads them into Oh Come All Ye Faithful as we roll credits. Yeah, now they, they do go out uh, the way you need to. You go out with a bang. You don't, yeah. you don't linger too long. But come on, Yogi Bear and friends should have come out for this number. Right. They should have, like halfway through this, they should have come out. So they're there for the very end. I feel like it would have. It's the one thing that I feel like is missing. Yeah, as they kind of pan up and out, that's when they could have done it. They do pan up and out on yep. everybody at the party and this group of Christmas carolers. Yeah, it would have made it would have like it would have tied the whole thing. It was a bow that needed to be put on this gift and wasn't. No. 
but but still what a ride this was guy yeah no this is this is quite a special this was i i told you i had seen just that part and i was like oh i can't wait to see this yogi bear Pat yeah. special and then it turns out not to be that but boy this was something this was this was awfully weird my text message to you after we did our last recording was it's got yogi bear it's got huckleberry hound it's got pat boone it's got the ropers sort of playing the ropers it's super weird and you were like i'm in yes no this needed more yogi bear but we'll get him some other year oh we will this was fun to talk about thank you so much guy I am so glad we got to talk about this again. I've never gotten to talk about this with anyone. I've wanted so badly to discuss this with somebody and, and you're the one I'm your man. And I'm glad you have cultivated this community of people that get to listen to these things and find out about specials. I'm sure a lot of people haven't heard of this. I hope some of them go ahead and watch it. Oh, I sure. know. I listened to you one time where you talked about the wacky wall crawlers Christmas. <laughs> and I was like, I've never heard of this. I got, and I sought it out, watched it. And I've now seen it, you know, like every fourth or fifth Christmas, it feels like it's one of those. You, you throw it out every now and then. This is why I started this podcast because I need to talk to people about things like this. It's so true. And this was the perfect subject. So thank you. Go watch this people. Yeah, I highly recommend it. If you can get it for free, you absolutely should see it. Uh, I tried to put it on YouTube for everybody and YouTube said no. So just so you know, I tried very hard. I was even, even as a private link, they were like, no way. Pat Boone's <laughs> lawyers are too strong. Well, as of this recording, it is streaming on Tubi. I'm not big on watching things on Tubi, but it is streaming for free there if you can bear through some commercials. But that's fine. Yeah, I wish we had the original commercials for this. Oh, like, I wish. That's my dream is that hopefully someday somebody uploads a version of this with the commercials. Someone, if you have it, one of those early VCR adopters out there, yeah. go through your archives. In the meantime, Guy, if people want to send you a personal rejection via singing <laughs> telegram, where can they find you on the Internet? Oh, I am on all of the internet stuff at Guy Hutchinson. You can look me up. You can, if you, if you want to know who I am, you can go on any of the social media and just, just write to me, say, who the heck are you? And I'll tell you, <laughs> uh, and my biggest thing that I want to promote is this show. I want people to listen to your show every time it comes out. This Thank is you. to me, this episode that we just recorded is, is the one that will be a letdown for me. Cause when it pops up in my feed, I'll go, Oh, an episode of the advent calendar house. I'll get all excited. Then I'll be like, Oh, it's the one I already listened to. Cause I was there <laughs> when it was recorded. But this show I think is a gem. I think it is a public service and I am so glad that it exists thank you so much and thank you all for listening i am on twitter at fall west mike and also advent cal house you can find complete show notes for all of the rabbit holes we went down tonight and there were a lot at adventcalendar.house hope you spin back here in a couple of days for another exciting episode until then for guy hutchinson from the world's driest milk bar where people apparently know to reach me by phone this is Mike Westfall reminding you to go easy on the half and half, and please watch out for that icy patch. Good night!
And now, these messages. Christmas is about traditions. Throughout the holidays, friends and family gather together to share love, laughter, and a bounty of Christmas foods. We all love tracing our family traditions back through the generations to find out where they began. But have you ever wondered about the food found on your holiday tables year after year? Join me, Glenn Warren, as the host of Seasons Eatings and travel the world as we explore the history and origins of your favorite Christmas foods. New episodes are released every month. You can find Seasons Eatings at seasonseatingspodcast.com and wherever you download your favorite podcast. So join me, Glenn Warren, for your next serving of Seasons Eatings. Next time on the Advent Calendar House. Oh, yeah.